Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, theamericanfreedomparty.us. Now's your chance to get the last of the Resolution Radio Blood Teams. Only a few left available before we try to do a reorder. This has been a high-selling item, and we really appreciate everyone's support in getting this shirt and showing their pride as well as showing their heritage. Nothing counts more than blood. Get yours today from Resolution Radio for only $25 plus $5 shipping and handling. It really helps the network improve, and you really get a great product to showcase what you truly believe in. Nothing counts more than blood. Only from Resolution Radio at ResolutionRDO.com. Send check, money order, or well-concealed cash to Sonny Thomas at P.O. Box 27, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. That's Sonny Thomas at P.O. Box 27, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Today we call it bone broth, and for thousands of years our ancestors enjoyed its benefits before it became lost to our modern diets of processed junk. We are now introducing Caveman by InfoWarsLife.com, the ultimate in true paleo nutrition with bone broth, turmeric root, chaga mushroom, and seven total primal superfoods in a single great-tasting formula. Caveman. It's those people living in the wilds having to actually build civilization that are our superior ancestors, and we need to do everything we can to recapture that. Every Everyone knew that you used all the parts of the animal. You used the meat for sustenance, the fat for cooking, but you used the bones for strength. From the outside structure full of minerals and key cofactors to the marrow that produces the blood for the body, this is the engine of the life essence. I'm a long way from the caveman my ancestors were, but I'm sure as hell trying to get back to that essence that made us what we were, and this is a big part of it. I know you're going to want to check out Caveman Ultimate Paleo Formula for yourself and ForwardsLife.com today. Is there a count somewhere? You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio. RadioResolutionRDO.com. The original Bavarian Illuminati were called the Perfectibilis, and they believed that, the, that you could perfect man via some sort of purely natural law or natural religion. And so they went into various uh, churches, various groups, various sects, including Freemasonry, to infiltrate it and to utilize those lodges to uh, promote their principles. They were successful, at least in uh, sparking the French Revolution and, of course, in influencing other areas. But whether or not there's an actual Bavarian Illuminati that continues to today is up for debate because they were uh, essentially rationalists. It would be people like Voltaire, the Jacobins of the French Revolution uh, characters who were radical communists. Right? The other dictum of Pythagoras that 
Byshop said uh, would would be needed would be the dictum of holding all property in common uh, amongst all men. Now, they knew that not everybody was ready for that. So the true communism existed at the highest levels. Highest levels of Byshop's Illuminati, for example, were atheistic and communistic. And that influences, that secret society network influences later figures like Karl Marx. Karl Marx will found his own secret society, the League of the Just, and then successive other secret societies that he was connected to that became networks for, again, this promotion of radical communism, radical egalitarianism, and the overthrow of all existing structures to bring about the next phase of revolution, which is a never-ending revolution, according to Lenin and Trotsky. So you're beginning to see, I think, how the revolution is never ending. Don't go anywhere. This is the Alex Jones Show. I'm going to show you how today we're running the exact same way or the same model of a deep state. We are the American Freedom Party. This is the most urgent time in the history of Western civilization. In the year 1900, white people of European descent comprised 35% of the world population. Today it is less than 9% and falling fast. Europe is being overrun with Middle Eastern immigrants, and America's founding stock is rapidly being replaced with third world peoples from around the globe. For the last 50 years, every influential institution in this nation, our schools and universities, our media, our churches and our employers have promoted policies and principles that teach whites to be ashamed of their great heritage and birthright. We, who in the 1950s, the 1960s, and 1970s were the world's dominant force, are now so afraid of being called racist that we were quailing towards irrelevance and extinction. Join the American Freedom Party today. Reach us at theamericanfreedomparty.us or call us at 701-317-5317. Paid for by the American Freedom Party. Hi, this is Ron Paul. I am a former congressman, physician, and presidential candidate. The world is in turmoil. Things like Ebola, earthquakes, wars, and famines are commonplace. As Americans, we are largely sheltered from these events. However, in parts of the world, just having enough food is a huge problem. For some of us, there is the nagging thought that we may not always have it so good. So we keep some food on hand just in case. My family and I have found a product that helps us do this better. It's a home freeze dryer from Harvest Right. With it, we eat healthier and store a little more food. We freeze dry everything we love to eat, and it lasts up to 25 years. Who knows what the future will bring? One thing's certain, my family and I will always have food on the table. To learn more, go to HarvestRight.com or call 800-763-5999. That's HarvestRight.com or 800-763-5999. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal. One aim, a strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q, The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The strategy of heaven revealed. Big Q, Little Q, 
The Calm Before the Storm, available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. 205-672-2000. You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. Welcome back to the Alex Jones Show. I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. And today we're going to be talking about the history of secret societies because people get the idea that secret societies are some recent development that uh, resulted in the deep state, as we hear about, and the the shadow government that runs the U.S. and perhaps even the, the majority of the Western world. But in reality, the history of secret societies goes back to the ancient world, and the notion of a secret form of government is, in fact, full throughout Plato. And we've mentioned this uh, many times, of course, but in the Republic, Plato talks about the noble lie. And this is a lie that the state has to tell, the all-powerful God state has to tell in order to keep the populace in line, to keep them marching in step and to believe the narrative, whatever that narrative may be, that the secret council of the elite passed down. Now, in the Republic, early on, Plato uh, had this as a philosopher king at the top, and it's that pyramid, right? The Below him is the guardian class, who's more or less a communist class, and then there's a worker class that's completely controlled. And that becomes the model for all socialist and Marxist governments in the future, and also by extension of the coming emerging technocracy. That's what they want to put in place. Bertrand Russell says an impact on science of science on society that the model for the coming technocracy is Plato's Republic. Now, Plato wrote another uh, lesser known book towards the end of his life called The Laws. And in The Laws, he even uh, expands on this notion. And he comes with this, with this idea that what he calls the Council of Night, N-I-G-H-T, which is odd because they meet at night in secret. And he says that this is going to be a council of 10 or 11 elders, uh, uh, not necessarily old people, but wise people. And in the West, we eventually even get something like this where people people talked about the wise men that run the West. People like Kissinger, Brzezinski, and others are known as the wise men coming out of the intelligence apparatus. And one of the strictures that Plato has in the law is that other people that can be admitted to this council of night for the ideal republic, this this the super state would be individuals who had engaged in foreign intelligence and reconnaissance. So it's actually Plato proposing in the laws a deep state, a shadow government, literally run by a secret society that uh, engages in deception, that engages in running things from a shadow uh, nighttime government, right? So it's it's shadows, it's in the shadows, council of night, right? Nighttime, that's the, the significance there. And so right there in one of the most famous books in the history of all philosophy and perhaps even in all of Western civilization is the positing of an ideal society being run by a shadow government, by a secret society. And unfortunately, it's just sort of bound up almost with the history of empires and the history of the state that they're run or they're consorted uh, consorting with some form of secret society. One reason for that is, as uh, the famous historian and scholar Francis Dvornik says in his book on the history of intelligence agencies in terms of empires, is that the intelligence apparatus, the, the reconnaissance, right, the secrecy needed for engaging in those kinds of operations necessitated something like a secret society. 
So binding people via oaths and whatnot, uh, as, he just, as he discusses in his book, goes back to the ancient world. And some of the first spies were, in fact, mailmen. The mailman that would deliver the letters or the the scrolls for for Caesar or for uh, you know Pharaoh or whoever they were oftentimes spies, and so they were uh, the you know the most traveled and the, the ones that were getting most the most reconnaissance, and so that again lines up with kind of what uh, Plato was talking about in the Council of Night and the Laws. The same idea, of course, has always kind of been there because every government ever uh, every state ever has engaged in espionage, has engaged in intelligence operations and activities. Now, typically, though, in the history of the world, intelligence was part of military. It was part of the apparatus of warfare. It was an element of gaining you know, uh, uh, information on the enemy and whatnot. And in the uh, Art of War by Machiavelli, there are significant sections in the book that uh, discuss this in great detail, particularly book six, because book six is all about trickery, deception, reconnaissance, uh, false flags, you know, all kinds of things that can be done during warfare uh, to gain the upper hand. And Machiavelli wrote that, of course, kind of giving attribution to Sun Tzu's classic Art of War. And Machiavelli's text is really one of the texts that that characterizes modern warfare. It's one of those key texts where we have a pivot out of medieval warfare and into modern warfare. So we know that there's always going to be this kind of um, tendency towards secrecy in the military and, and, and that, that kind of uh, reconnaissance and intelligence apparatus. But what we don't always see necessarily is that secret society oath religious element. But more and more, we do see that as we dig into history in terms of uh, coming up into the modern period, particularly with the post-Enlightenment era. And uh, the reason for this is that certain secret societies that had been suppressed in the Middle Ages, such as the Knights Templar, for example, the Knights Templar uh, famously were suppressed by the Roman Catholic Church and the, the King of France uh, in the 1300s. I think, I think it's the Council of Vienne, 1312, somewhere in there, where we are told that the Templars were engaged in uh, nefarious activities and kissing the butt of somebody and worshiping a dead uh, rat or cat or something like something so crazy like this. Um, again, we don't know if that's true, but uh, it, it was very likely, right? There was something something going on. And they represented some kind of uh, alternative form of power, some alternative nexus to the existing King of France and the papacy at that time, the 1300s. And at that time, the papacy was very wrapped up in uh, <clears throat> geopolitical operations in, amongst the Franks, and, uh, and then it's shifting over into the uh, the Germans and, and then into the time of the Medicis. And so then we get the Renaissance. Now, the Renaissance, especially the Italian Renaissance, uh, I'm speaking of particularly before the Elizabethan Renaissance, the Italian Renaissance saw this birth of this, this reinterest in magic, Neoplatonism, and secret societies. And we had a promotion of a lot of this through those uh, benefactors of uh, the the Renaissance, you know, the Medici's and the Pico della Mirandola, these characters who were really interested in bringing back the ancient Greek mysteries. And so they had this great affinity for Plato, especially. And remember, Platonic government is a government by secret society, taking oaths, initiating you into mysteries. And if you know Platonism, you know that Platonism is very similar to the Orphic mysteries. And a lot of Platonism has parallel with Pythagoreanism. It borrows from Pythagoras. Pythagoras had two key beliefs, according to the classic text by James Billington, Fire in the Minds of Men. And now this is not a conspiracy text. He's a famous librarian of Congress who wrote this history of all revolutionary thought. 
And he says, if we come up to the 1700s and the time of, uh, uh, you know, the French Revolution and the influence on the French Revolution by certain people who have been influenced by Adam of Eichacht, that is the Bavarian Illuminati founder, he says, Billington says, there was two dictums from Pythagoras that uh, the Illuminists and the revolutionary socialists at that time, the communists, uh, borrowed. And that was, number one, the laws should uh, be made uh, to perfect man. So laws exist not to restrain evil, but to bring about ultimately the virtue of man, supposedly, or the perfection of man. And this is why the uh, Illuminati themselves became known as the Perfectibilis. The original Bavarian Illuminati were called the Perfectibilis. And they believed that, the, that you could perfect man via some sort of purely natural law or natural religion. And so they went into various uh, churches, various groups, various sects, including Freemasonry, to infiltrate it and to utilize those lodges to uh, promote their principles. They were successful, at least in uh, sparking the French Revolution and, of course, in influencing other areas. But whether or not there's an actual Bavarian Illuminati that continues to today is up for debate because they were uh, essentially rationalists. It would be people like Voltaire, the Jacobins of the French Revolution uh, characters who were radical communists. Right? The other dictum of Pythagoras that Weishaupt said uh, would, would be needed would be the dictum of holding all property in common uh, amongst all men. Now, they knew that not everybody was ready for that, so the true communism existed at the highest levels. Highest levels of Weishaupt's Illuminati, for example, were atheistic and communistic. And that influences, that secret society network influences later figures like Karl Marx. Karl Marx will found his own secret society, the League of the Just, and then successive other secret societies that he was connected to that became networks for, again, this promotion of radical communism, radical egalitarianism, and the overthrow of all existing structures to bring about the next phase of revolution, which is a never-ending revolution, according to Lenin and Trotsky. So you're beginning to see, I think, how the revolution is never ending. Don't go anywhere. This is the Alex Jones Show. I'm going to show you how today we're running the exact same way by the same model of a deep state. untold story of World War II you will ever need to know. You have done a magnificent job. The visual impact that people will experience when they see what you have produced, you've been very impartial in your presentation, and you have allowed the people, the viewers, to make up their own mind. You present the, the evidence and anyway, it's an honor to have you on the program. To find out more on this phenomenal documentary series, go to the greatest story never told TV. The Occidental Quarterly fills a unique niche in bringing together scholarly articles on a wide range of topics that are mired in political correctness elsewhere. It is edited by Professor Kevin McDonald, who's no stranger to listeners of the political cesspool. There are quite a few reasons for the precarious state of our civilization and our people, but one of the main ones is that we have lost the intellectual and moral high ground to a cultural elite that is hostile to our people and our culture. 
Those of us who are politically aware must understand that the elites dominating culture and the political process in the West are intellectually and morally bankrupt. TOQ is the key. Digital download subscriptions are only $30 a year. Subscriptions by first-class mail are only $60 a year. Go to toqonline.com and click on subscribe now. In addition to receiving fascinating and informative articles, you will also be supporting the work of scholars who are part of a community defending our people and our culture with the highest level of integrity and intellectual sophistication. That's toqonline.com. Subscribe now. We fought. We learned. We struggled. We won. Despite Obama's best efforts, the newspaper of the human resistance survives. We have lived only to face a new nightmare, the war against the machines. Read about our struggle in The Sovereign, newspaper of the resistance. The Sovereign is a 24-page monthly tabloid newspaper about the war between man and machines. We've tried reason, we've tried legislation. We've tried every peaceful means imaginable, and all it's gotten us is shut out. So now we fight the machines. Order online today at thesovnews.com or find The Sovereign at select newsstands. Remember to read The Sovereign, newspaper of the resistance. The human resistance's battle against the machines will be everlasting. This is mercy. It was never our destiny to stop the age of Obama. It was merely to survive it. Together. Together. Log Talk Radio. We now have three new game-changing products that are in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. And one of our best-selling products sold out for over a year that's now back in stock. Our prebiotic does eat any introduction. does such amazing things for your gut flora, your overall health. What it does is essential. Go read about it at InfoWarsStore.com. And now, the fourth toothpaste designed by my dad. The last two were big hits. This one is really special. It's turmeric concentrate with a bunch of other essential oils and so much more to take your mouth's health to the next level. We also have high quality ashwagandha root for your libido, your stamina, your testosterone with black pepper extract to accelerate it as a pill. And we have ashwagandha root gummies as well. Very strong, very powerful. Now in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Go there, experience these great products and others and fund the InfoWar. The only way we fail is not taking action. God bless you. Now please visit InfoWarsStore.com and experience these powerful products for yourself. Welcome back to the Alex Jones. I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. And as you can see, now that I have these uh, boomer reading glasses on, I'm actually a lot more authoritative and a lot more scholarly. So I'm even more reputable now that I have these glasses on. And you have to listen to me uh, even uh, with all uh, due reverence and submission because I can scowl at you over these like this. You see, doesn't this make me look academic and authoritative? Now, we were talking about James Billington. Fire in the Minds of Men, the history of the revolutionary faith. I was talking about how we were getting up to Weishaupt and the, the Illuminists. And a little bit before Weishaupt and those guys in England, we had uh, the outbreak of a lot of secret societies and the spread of Masonic lodges throughout Europe. Probably the, the world's most famous secret society is Freemasonry. And what we're doing today is really kind of a demystifying operation because uh, uh, people sort of get uh, bamboozled by a lot of the symbols of, ooh, ah, the mysteries and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of a demystifying today, a little bit of a debunking. What are we debunking? That these secret societies are all powerful, that they are anything other than collections of human beings with common cause, purpose, who engage oftentimes in espionage. And this is the key connection here, that secret societies 
are quite often state actors or co-opted by state actors or co-opted by foreign actors to engage in espionage and reconnaissance and subversion. Not always. There may be some weirdos that create their own little sect or cult or group. So not every cult or every sect is necessarily the creation of some state or part of some vast conspiracy. But many of the more famous uh, famous secret societies in history have been, in fact, the tools of various powers and maybe not even state powers, maybe even very powerful financial powers, very, very, very powerful private powers. Financial powers have perhaps created secret societies. In fact, we'll see that when we talk about Cecil Rhodes and the Milner Roundtable groups in a moment that Dr. Carol Quigley covers, because he explains the secret society behind that whole British Empire operation. Now, in terms of masonry, for example, if you go back to the 1600s, uh, as masonry was beginning to get really popular throughout Europe, in what they call the speculative lodges. And this is a, a more of a, a mystical and kind of esoteric approach to the Masons Guild of the Middle Ages, which were a Catholic institution that eventually got used for geopolitical and subversive purposes. So it eventually got retooled and repurposed in what were called uh, speculative Masonic lodges. And then eventually we have the birth of the Grand Lodge of England. And around this time of the uh, uh, you know, Henry VIII and the split between the Anglican Church and the Roman Catholic Church, there was this explosion of uh, lodges and, and hermeticism, and this is roughly around the time of the Elizabethan Renaissance. And a lot of these characters who wrote famous plays and wrote famous poems, you know, Ben Jonson and, and William Shakespeare, Edmund Spencer, they would actually encode a lot of hermetic alchemical messages in their writings. I studied a bunch of this in grad school. And that's because uh, it was all the rage at this time to be interested in the uh, the hermetic arts, the secret arts, alchemy, and this kind of stuff. And one of those figures, one of the most famous figures in the history of British intelligence, was a famous occultist secret society member. You may have heard of him. His name is Dr. John Dee. Dr. John Dee is famous because he's the first 007. He would sign his letters with a cane and two balls. That's a two-ball cane, literally, to the queen so that she would know when she saw that little symbol, okay, this is from our boy, Dr. John Dee. Dr. John Dee was a famous uh, occultist, and, and he, he believed that his uh, Neoplatonic mysteries and magic would eventually achieve, a, you could achieve deification or apotheosis, that man could become God through this process in the, the Dr. John Dee system. And he's also the creator of what's called Enochian magic, this uh, elaborate system of language and symbols that supposedly is to contact angels. But, but in my estimate, what this is about is spycraft. What, what better way to send messages back to the queen? There's John D with the queen there doing his magic spells and whatnot. Then using this arcane, absurd, invented Enochian magic. In other words, it's a tool. To, it's a, a cryptographic technique for encoding messages for the queen. So I'm ha ha I'm sorry to demystify a lot of this stuff. Now, that's not to say that there are no subversive occultists or that there aren't people that take it seriously. There are. But what we're talking about today is this element that's often overlooked, which is that a lot of secret society networking and all this kind of stuff is merely intelligence apparatuses of the state or some powerful interest. For example, there's a famous historian's text, Builders of Empire, Jessica Harlan Jacobs. And she is a mainline historian. 
from the uh, this is University of North Carolina Press. She teaches at the University of Florida. Nothing to do with conspiracy text, purely academic text. And her book, Builders of Empire, is just about how the Masonic lodges, by the time of the founding of the Grand Lodge of England, became the intelligence network of the British Empire. And if you watch movies, for example, like The Man Who Would Be King with Michael Caine and Sean Connery, you'll notice that they are essentially spies. They're, they're reconnaissance operatives for the British Army. And their job is uh, to go around to various Masonic lodges and gain intelligence. And they end up being these scallywag conmen. And that's a famous uh, uh, novel, uh, I think, by Kipling, right? So the real history, the real, the real machinations behind that gets back to things like the Royal Society. And uh, this is a book that is written by a Mason. Robert Lomas wrote a book called Freemasonry and the Birth of Modern Science. And it's his account of the history of the Royal Society. And in that book, he basically says that modern scientism is uh, really the product, the invention of, the promotion of the Royal Society. And that's really this the ideological uh, uh, underpinnings of the British Empire. So British intelligence, a la um, the structures like Oxford, Cambridge, and so forth, they're, they're really eaten. These, these, these things are the brains, you could say, of the British Empire and the British intelligence apparatus going back as he said, even to the war, to, even before the establishment of MI6. And so secret societies, as you can see, they, they form this very important network for the state or for, again, other interests beyond the state. And that's what we're going to look at next. What about non-state actors? Is there such a thing as secret societies that might serve private interests, private corporations, corporate interests, a corporate secret society? Could that exist? Is there such a thing? Yes, absolutely. In fact, <laughs> there's many of these. Now, uh, there's a movie that's no good. Uh, I think it has Julia Roberts in it and maybe Clive Owen or somebody or, or Pierce Brosnan. I don't remember who's in it, but there's a movie about corporate espionage with Julia Roberts. And so if you're looking for an example of something like that, you could watch that movie where it's, it's something goofy like one spy is trying to steal the the secret recipe for Coca-Cola for some other company like Pepsi. It's something ridiculous like that. But there really is such a thing as corporate espionage. And oftentimes they will recruit people out of the the, the government sphere, the civil the sphere of espionage to go into working for uh, some corporation to do that kind of a, uh, that kind of operation. So that does exist. But I'm talking about something bigger than that, something bigger scale. What about a financial secret society, a secret society? arranged uh, around the idea of revolution. Yeah, that's it. Clive Owen, that's it. Um, is there such a thing as a secret society that might be interested in reorganizing the entire world around a technocratic style of governance? Perhaps private banking interests that have a secret society. We're going to look at Dr. Quigley saying, yes, there is such a thing when we come back. the 
with new products at InfoWarsLife.com. BioTrue Selenium. We've had so many requests over the years for selenium. And just recently, we were able to source a certified organic bioavailable selenium from mustard seed extract. When you take selenium in the body, it actually benefits the detoxification systems in your body. It helps balance the thyroid gland. It helps detoxify. Selenium is another one of those absolute must-haves. The highest concentration of selenium is in the thyroid gland, but it's actually used all over the body. As a matter of fact, there's 25 genes in the body that are directly dependent upon selenium. So it really is a all-around nutrient that everybody really needs. I'm taking it now every day. This is so key. BioTrue Selenium is the product, the best selenium that we could bring you. We believe it's the best out there at a very, very low price. Exclusively available at InfoWarsLife.com or by calling toll-free 888 Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest price filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. The fight against the New World Order is now the top story in the world. The globalists are in deep trouble, but they're striking back with all their deep state operatives to shut down InfoWars and other truth tellers like James O'Keefe and Tucker Carlson and countless others. So please pray for us now more than ever. Spread the word about the broadcast and get great products to keep us on air and fund our operation while at the same time enriching your life. Now, we've got three new products available at InfoWarsStore.com and a bestseller back in stock. We have the amazing Dr. Jones Naturals turmeric toothpaste and so much more. Find out more at InfoWarsStore.com. We have the ashwagandha root pills with black powder extract to accelerate your libido, stamina, testosterone. And we have pure ashwagandha gummies at InfoWarsStore.com as well. These are all the highest quality products. The prebiotic is now finally back in stock. They're all there at InfoWarsStore.com. So please take action now. Enrich your life, empower your body, and keep us on air. Please take action now. InfoWarsStore.com. Welcome back to the Alex Jones Show. I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. We're talking about the history of secret societies demystifying the secret societies and explaining them to be what they really are, which is adjuncts of the state or networks for reconnaissance, intelligence, and subversion, revolution, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it it may be many different cults or groups, right? For example, the Central Intelligence Agency has a history of utilizing and infiltrating and using many cults over the last 50 or 60 years. So it's not restricted to, oh, there's one cult running everything. Rather, various powers will utilize these networks and utilize these societies for various purposes. Now, is there such a thing as a private central banking secret society? Well, according to Dr. Carol Quigley in his famous book, The Anglo-American Establishment, he begins one of the most important chapters, chapter three, by noting that, yes, in fact, uh, the secret society of Cecil Rhodes, the Rhodes Rothschild Milner Roundtable Group, that is, of course, as we've lectured for the last several months, where we get the UN, where we get the IMF, where we get the World Bank, where we get all of these institutions that we know about in the modern world as basically kind of running the world, so to speak. They come from this 
society, from this group. And who is this group? Well, <clears throat> it's made up of an inner party known as the elect and a society of helpers, which is a couple thousand people recruited out of the key universities. Now, at this time, <clears throat> back in the 1890s, when Lord Milner and, uh, in this case, specifically Cecil Rose, when they set up their secret society, they decided, let's model it on the structure of the Jesuits. And it's not Jesuit, but it's modeled on that structure. All right, this is the British Empire's structure, not the Jesuit structure. Now, the Jesuits eventually become part of this, I would argue, by the 20th century when we get into uh, Dr. Wimhoff's text, or excuse me, uh, uh, Mr. Wimhoff's text, where he discusses the co-opting of the Jesuits by the CIA. But I don't think at this time this is a Jesuit creation. A lot of people get confused over this because they mistake the structure of the society modeled on the Jesuits as if the Jesuits run this. But it's not Jesuits, it's the uh, Rhodes, Rothschild, Milner uh, secret society network set up in this structure, as you can see, as Quigley himself outlines it, with an inner party of the elect, an outer structure of helpers, which is a few thousand academics who believe in the cause. But remember that only this inner party of the elect, the chosen, actually knows what's going on and how this is really working. And that is, at this time, some of the most uh, powerful people in the world. And in fact, one of them is uh, uh, one of the uh, uh, Cardinal Manning. So actually, they did have a Roman Catholic Cardinal, but it wasn't all Jesuits that had set this up. So they did have an inroad to the Vatican even at this point. And outside in this outer ring is the academics who are the helpers. And this is people recruited from Oxford, Cambridge, Eton, etc., so that's the structure of the Rhodes, Rothschild, Milner, secret society of the elect that really utilized the British Empire as its engine and as its front. So imagine that the British Empire is this thing which people think, oh, that's serving the British people. That's serving the British people. No, it's serving this inner core. Doesn't mean the British people are bad, but it's run by the secret society oligarchical clique, which just happens to look exactly like what Plato describes in the laws. <laughs> right. This is the Council of Night, exactly uh, as Plato described it in the laws. And it, it's not just Dr. Carol Quigley, who is not a conspiracy writer, but is, in fact, an apologist for this system. He believes that it is the best system and structure for the world. This is actually described by a couple of the most famous books in the 20th century, actually more than two, three of them, four of them. Now, we've covered uh, uh, two of those in the past at length, three of them. Because uh, C.S. Lewis's book, The Abolition of Man, and his uh, third in the Space Trilogy is about technocracy and this clique. In fact, the third of the Space Trilogy is specifically about Tavistock and these people. Another famous book that you've probably heard of, 1984, is about these people. Ingsoc is English Fabian Socialism. Lord Milner and those people are behind Fabian Socialism. And Fabian socialism is synthesized with monopoly capitalism. It's reformed Marxism that synthesizes with capitalism to bring about the dialectical synthesis. Thesis, antithesis, synthesis. That's everything in Hegelianism. And Marx was part of a group of young Hegelians, which adopted Hegelianism. So it's not exactly true that the world power, the technocrats, are all Marxists. They are Marxist capitalists. 
that is the synthesis that the Fabians always envisioned, and which was always the plan of the real Marxists. Now, for example, in 1984, when uh, George Orwell is describing the structure of this group, it is pictured as one of its key members or operatives, the character of O'Brien. O'Brien is characterized as one of the most evil men, I think you could say, in all of literature. I did a video on who is the most evil villain in all literature, and I picked not Saruman or you know Sauron, or, <laughs> but I picked, in fact, uh, O'Brien. Because O'Brien um, wants Winston to understand that all reality is determined by the party. The party is, in, is essentially this inner elect, again, modeled on the Rhodes, Rothschild, Milner, Fabian Socialist Society, and that you can't beat this group because this group is obsessed with controlling both sides of every conflict. That's, that's the model here. doesn't mean that they do, but that's what they want to do. And to back this up, uh, if, you do, if you haven't followed my work, if you go to my YouTube channel, we've been lecturing through various interrogations that in occurred during the Stalinist purges. One of those interrogations was the NKVD interrogation of the famous uh, socialist uh, Christian Rakovsky, the Bulgarian socialist. And when he was, a, he, was a, he was an avid committed Trotskyite who was arrested by the Stalinist NKVD. And during this interrogation, he goes into all this depth about the real secrets of Marxism being run by finance capital. And he says, this is essentially a secret society. In fact, we use secret societies. Exactly what Quigley says, exactly what Anthony, Professor Anthony Sutton says. Another example of this would be Professor Anthony Sutton's Skull and Bones book. He's the classic authority and writer on the history of Skull and Bones, Yale University. Now that Skull and Bones Network, which is the <clears throat> secret society at Yale, that's the basis for the OSS and the CIA. The OSS and CIA come out of the Skull and Bones Society. And that's pictured even in famous movies like The Good Shepherd. When you see Matt Damon being inducted into the OSS and he's rolling around in mud and getting peed on and confessing his sexual proclivities to uh, an image of eulogia or whatever, that is part of the initiation and the degradation that, that, that is discussed in a lot of these texts, including C.S. Lewis's third uh, book in the Space Trilogy. He says that, yeah, you have to be degraded when you're brought into uh, these secret society networks because that ensures that you are part of the system, that you are blackmailable, that you are on board. And you're not going to go against us because as soon as you do, all this dirt, all this information about you comes out. Now, Rakovsky says in the interrogation, as he's being interrogated by the NKVD, he says that true Marxism is intentionally contradictory because true Marxism wants to see finance capitalism, monopoly capitalism, give us the victory because it is truly who has funded us. So he says that the secret societies that we've used and we've infiltrated, like masonry, for example, he says that, he says, do you think that the, the workers, the proletariat, he says, do you think they were running the economic system? Were they causing and creating wars? Were they actually running the workers themselves? No. Finance capital was running economics, creating wars, and funding workers' revolutions. Workers don't revolutionize, they don't fund their own revolutions. And he proves this by making that point. And he says that some of the most famous spies, in the fact, in the 20th century, like Sidney Riley, the most famous British spy, 
Sidney Raleigh, Ace of Spies, was in fact an agent of this secret society. Don't go anywhere. This is The Alex Jones Show. I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new toothpaste that my dad, a retired dentist and oral surgeon, developed. Dr. Jones Naturals Tumor Toothpaste that just came into stock. And I got to tell you, I got samples of this months ago, and it is amazing. The way it makes your gums feel, what it does to your mouth is insane. We know turmeric is an antioxidant and anti-inflammatory and does such great things for the body. Then you add that with tea tree oil and a bunch of other essential oils, it is just dynamite. It is so good to detox and attack inflammation in your mouth. I want to challenge everybody to try the new toothpaste at InfoWarsStore.com, Dr. Jones Naturals Turmeric Toothpaste. And while you're at it, check out the new Ashwagandha line of products. We have Ashwagandha with black pepper extract for your libido, your testosterone in pill form, and we have the pure Ashwagandha root gummies as well, now available at InfoWarsStore.com. They're amazing products, and they fund the InfoWar. Take action now at InfoWarsStore.com. Welcome back to the Alex Jones. I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. We're covering the history of secret societies, demystifying secret societies in terms of what, in a pragmatic sense, the purposes that they really serve. Typically, most of the time, not always, but most of the time. Now, there's another famous book, one of the most famous books of the 20th century, which many of us had to read, and we probably didn't understand. And I'm going through it now my third time, and that's called Brave New World. And in Brave New World, uh, there's actually a form of a secret society governance here as well. In fact, Mustafa Mond, the uh, main protagonist, or, uh, protagonist villain character, who's one of the 10 world socialist controllers. Well, there you go, 10 world socialist controllers. That kind of matches up to the Council of Night, doesn't it? 10 wise men that run various sections of the globe. In this uh, novel, which, of course, Aldous Huxley said was a real plan. It is the final revolution. It represents the culmination of all the previous revolutions, all the way back to uh, Weishaupt, to the Jacobins, to you know all those all those figures up to today's revolutionary characters. According to Huxley, he says that, by, and this is projected, of course, to be in the future. Uh, he says that in the future, uh, there will be this synthesized Brave New World model. And if you notice, all the characters in the novel are named after both industrialists and Marxists. And that's because the novel is about the great synthesis that I'm talking about, the Fabian Socialist Synthesis. And of course, again, Huxley was in the circles of the Royal Society. He's in the circles of all these people like Bertrand Russell, like H.G. Wells, who are part of this clique part of this group who wants to push this technocratic Brave New World scenario, this 1984 scenario. That's why the characters in the book are named Lenin, or there's Lenina, but that's the feminine of Lenin. Marx, Bernard Marx, Ford, Rothschild, Watson, Ingalls, Malthus, Bakunin, Hoover, are all explicitly and continually mentioned throughout Brave New World. That's on purpose. You don't know fiction writers choose the names of their characters almost always with some kind of significance, some kind of symbolic significance. And that's no different in Brave New World, where Huxley is telling us that the future is a synthesis of monopoly capital and Marxism, socialism, Fabian socialism. And it's run by a secret society. 
And other writers have pointed out in the last few years, in fact, that and even one of the writers who formerly collaborated with, who's been on Alex himself, who collaborated with Professor Anthony Sutton, uh, Patrick Wood, right? Patrick Wood has the uh, the excellent books on technocracy, The Hard Road to World Order, and he also wrote uh, Technocracy Rising and Trilaterals Over Washington with Sutton, right? And that's all the same model. That's all what Sutton's writing about is this group. The same things that Quigley's talking about. Sutton is more critical as a professor and, and a historian and economist. Quigley is a defender. So if we see that both the critic and the defender are saying the same things, then we know there's something to this. Likewise, when we look at other entities like the Federal Reserve, right? Books like The Creature from Jekyll Island, the classic from G. Edward Griffin, right? That's outlining the same things that we're talking about in terms of all these people, the Milner, Rothschilds, Rhodes. This group that ran the British Empire, that brought America back under its sway, this deep state, allied with Harvard, Yale, the Eastern Seaboard Establishment. It's not the British Empire that's running everything. It's those elites aligned with the elites of the UK who use these secret societies, use these networks to create things like Operation Gladio. Gladio was the secret society network of stay behind units that. I thought I had my Gladio book in here. I have one of these books uh, that utilized, yeah, for example, what we've been lecturing through lately, various Gladio texts. Paul Williams's book, Operation Gladio. Daniel Ganser's PhD thesis, NATO's Secret Armies, right? These are classics on the origins and history of Gladio, which was a secret society network that utilized various Masonic lodges that had become fascist. Right, P2 Masonic lodges into fascism, which had recruited a bunch of the cardinals and members of the Vatican, famously, to sign on to this Gladio network for the purpose of a secret society, secret army that would stave off a potential Soviet invasion. Now, the Soviet invasion didn't happen, but the, the justification for why it was needed was, of course, well, if the Soviet Union invades Europe, we want to have these secret armies ready there. But what these secret armies actually did was engage in a bunch of money laundering, a bunch of uh, Vatican bank scandals, uh, a bunch of uh, collapsing banks in other countries, which, by the way, mimic and model the FTX model exactly. If you read the Paul Williams book, you'll be like, hey, uh, this this uh, Gladio uh, black money Vatican bank scandal here, Banco D'Ambrosio and the, the, the various banks in the uh, uh, Caymans and Bahamas and all that. It's exactly the same as what <laughs> Sam Bankman fried was doing. Because uh, actually criminals study previous crimes and previous scams to do the same thing over and over. If it worked in the past, just run it again. The only difference is that that scam was with crypto. And, uh, you know, these scams were older 60s, 70s, and 80s scams that utilized um, the BCCI. In fact, I listed a whole bunch of shell banks in uh, Paul Williams's book here. He says, the shell front banks connected to both the CIA and the Vatican uh, Bank were things like the Castle Bank and Trust, World Commerce Foundation, Mercantile Bank and Trust, Nugan Hand Bank, International Diversified Corporation, Underwriters Bank, BCCI, which of course is the Iran Contra Bank, Franklin National Bank. If you read about the collapse of the Franklin National Bank, you'll notice it very closely resembles the collapses of the banks in the last week, as well as FTX. The Hambrose Bank, which was an OSS bank. Banca Privata, which was a Vatican-connected bank. Amincor, on and on and on. There's just tons and tons and tons of these shell corporations and shell banks 
that were created, all connected to the Vatican bank scandal. And again, the Vatican bank scandal is just a, an image or, a, or a, a piecemeal, a picture of the kind of things that we're talking about and seeing today. So the Federal Reserve model is itself the mega model of these models, you see. So FTX, very similar to these older Vatican bank scandals. These older Vatican bank scandals, basically the same thing as the Federal Reserve Bank. I mean, it's like mega, mega, mega scale, right? And if you read quickly, he says that. He says that the Federal Reserve model that the elites here set up is based on the Bank of France and the Bank of England model. That's the origins in terms of the modern world of the Federal Reserve fiat fractional reserve banking model. And if you didn't see uh, Max Kaiser's interview that he did uh, recently with Tucker Carlson, go, go watch that interview because he goes into all this as well. And he talks about the virtues of Bitcoin and what's going on in El Salvador, which is pretty amazing. You look at the salvation of the currency there via adopting the hardest asset, the hardest money out there, the real ethical money, something like Bitcoin. That's the antidote to these guys. And again, you might say, well, G. Edward Griffin, he's, uh, he's more of a conspiratorial person. No, no, no. G. Edward Griffin is describing what the defenders of the system argue. You understand, again, Quigley in Tragedy and Hope, in the first 200 pages, he says, how do we get to the modern world? Uh, through the fiat banking system. That's how. The modern world dominates. The, the, the domination of the modern world is the fiat banking system, and that comes out of the uh, post-enlightenment period. That's how we got to where we are. That's the control structure. That's how the world is actually controlled. And according to Quigley, that model is a kind of inner secret society. So it's not Masons that are running everything in the world, but people above that is what I'm trying to say. That's what Rakovsky says in his interrogation. Those people are a lot more powerful a lot more wealthy than any specific group of Masonic lodges. But those groups are used at times. That's what, that's what I'm getting at here. So that model is we're beginning to see this scam fiat Ponzi, giant Ponzi scheme model break down because it's all based on lies and based on fraud and based on deception. You can't keep building an edifice that's not grounded or, or, or built on anything solid. It'll eventually collapse. And that was, of course, why the removal of the gold standard and all that was so important for getting the U.S. First, it was a Federal Reserve uh, Act back in you know, 1913. Then it becomes eventually moving off to the gold standard, the shock doctrine. And then it becomes just insane levels of money printing. And we've seen nothing but more and more consolidation, more and more transfer of wealth, especially in the last three years due to the COOF, which is, again, part of this overall plan of bringing in the technocracy. So if you want more on this, I would say definitely watch that Tucker Carlson interview with Max Kaiser. I would say also, you know, I've written a lot of books on this too. I've written two books that cover the, the, the deception and the, the scammery and secret societies in Hollywood and what, uh, what movie uh, degradation and, and toxic culture did through, through Hollywood in my Hollywood books. But you can also get my 600-page book, all my essays on theology and philosophy in, this, uh, in the red book, available at my website, jasonalysis.com. You can get it in the shop. You can also get my other uh, book on philosophy, Meta Narratives, which is just an introduction to philosophical text. There's a shop there if you see on the front page of my website. I'll also go check out the recent interview I did with Dr. Steve Turley. Great interview on 
Trump, Putin, geopolitics, spirituality, we get into it all. This is The Alex Jones Show. When everything is a lie, which it is now, there's only one place to find the truth, and it's not in government stats or government reports or um, declarations. It's it's uh, it's with God, and I know you speak about uh, that often. And I believe, look, we we need God more more than ever. And I know that there are people listening, perhaps that don't believe in God, but I, I'm a big believer in um, having faith, even though I'm, I'm rather pessimistic. I do know how the book ends. I know I know how the story ends. And we do prevail. Exactly. There are no atheists in foxholes. Where there's life, there's hope. When So don't lose hope. Don't get discouraged. I know that there are people out there thinking, well, you know, what's left for me to do? One of the things, and, and again, this is not a shame or this is not a plug, but, you know, we need to support your InfoWars store. We need to support yours. By the way, my wife loves America 95. Her joints have never been better. Okay, so... Uh, folks, make sure you support InfoWars Store. Okay, please do that. Well, I just can't, we I can't say to our there. listeners how much the enemies of freedom hate this show. They hate your show. I mean, uh, I will plug for you and for me. Folks, you want us to fight? We will do it. But it's like sending military out to war without ammunition and weapons. I mean, we'll, and I'm not bitching. I just, I, I, I just, I back, back in 19, back in like 2016, we had plenty of money. I, I, our subscription service, I said it's free now. I, I barely was plugging. You know, we had all this extra money, and now I wish back then I was, you know, would have pushed harder, saved up money, because now with the deplatforming, the attacks, folks, you know, we need support. So do you. But what we really need is people to share the links and articles to our videos and your videos, your reports, Doug, because the public's ready. The ground's fertile right now. The mines are ready. It's easy to outpace your supply lines, and, and I think that's where a lot of us are. Um, you, you know, we're, we're in so deep that we can't uh, look. We need that support. You need that support. So again, folks, please support Alex Jones. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I, I know there's things that he won't say that, that, uh, that, that look, he, he needs your support. We all need your support, but especially Infowars.com, Infowars Store. Please do that. There it is, turmeric toothpaste. Uh, turmeric toothpaste. Uh, I, I love, I love that too. My wife does as well. Big fan of all of your products. Okay, folks, don't lose hope. Please don't do that. Um, I, I know that things look bleak, but we again, we know how the story ends. And I think, look at everything that happens, not through, not with blinders, but but with. Um, in the context of a larger agenda. Think bigger, uh, look bigger, and, and look for the connections. I use the analogy of that great movie that's basically on positive true stories, Horse 10 from Navarone, where they blow up the dam, it doesn't fall right away, and they all panic. The explosive expert goes, watch, it's gonna fall, It'll take about 20 minutes, just watch. We've been through all this and nothing, nothing but. You have to let nature take her course. And I think we've already blown the enemy. We just have to get ready and then stand back. Amen to that. Amen. And, and you're doing a great job. And, I, and again, I want to thank you so much for allowing me to be part of your program today. I really appreciate what you do. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? I totally resent and it that. Could have been. And if anybody and it could is have been. lying here, Senator, it is you. I think there's no doubt that NIH was funding gain-of-function research. Is it likely that American tax dollars funded the gain-of-function research that created this virus? 
I think it did not only from NIH, but from the State Department, USAID, and from DOD. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com.